Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. You guys are not going to believe it, but we are back at the King of Pops. <laughs> I cannot even wait. Um, you guys may remember Stephen Kars. He is the CEO and founder of King of Pops. He actually was with me early in the podcast um, timeline. You were like, I think you were, and I was going back and looking, like one of my first 20 Yeah. Um, interviews. I couldn't tell. I, I don't know. <laughs> you were in a different office. <laughs> you were wearing. I. I don't want to say it's the same shirt, but like it looks similar. Could be um, the same one. <laughs> would it be might scary. not have changed. <laughs> um, I am so glad you're back on the podcast. Um, a lot has changed and, and grown with your business. We're going to talk about that today. Um, we've got one of my really good friends, Taj Akmal, with me. He's on uh, my team from my day job in the consumer goods space, but he also does quite a bit in the startup space. So um, good to be back with you. And um, why don't we start with this? So first of all, if any of you listening have not listened to part one, we'll call it, you got to go all the way back in the archives to November 15, 2017 and listen to that first. So push pause, go do that, then come back. But Stephen, talk to us about King of Pops and yeah. where you guys are today. What's what's changed since we last talked to you? Yeah. So King of Pops is a popsicle company. Uh, we started with a single push cart selling on a corner, street corner in Atlanta. Uh, have grown that to seven cities, all kind of in the south. Um, and in addition to being uh, direct to consumer in parks and stuff like that in festivals, we're also have a pretty big catering business. That's and for you sure. Can find we've, us. we've had you cater a couple I of our events. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> it's been amazing. <laughs> and then we also are in like the um, Whole Foods independent mom and pop shop space and, and, and really doing pretty well there. So, uh, we're doing a lot of stuff, but our um, our vision is to stay within the South. So instead of kind of the 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 global domination goal, um, ours is to go deeper rather than wider. So uh, we can get into that a little bit, but uh, some foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> Christmas nice. trees. Uh, we do that in the off season. We started a distribution business that uh, does distribute our product and a lot of other great Southern brands. We've got a farm down the street. Um, we're involved heavily in kind of the compost scene. But yeah, uh, the list goes on and we'll see what we have time to get to. Uh, one thing that I thought was fascinating when we first met was just, you know, we, we talked about how you started the company, but then like you mentioned the Christmas trees and how <laughs> you were, I think, out in California and some person came to deliver a tree and you thought, why don't we do that? And yeah, so, exactly. Uh, let's start with that business. How is yeah. that one done? It's done really well. I mean, we've learned some. We've learned some things, most most certainly. But uh, the the problem or the opportunity was we've got a group of really amazing. We call them slingers, but the people that sell pops on our carts. Sure. And the sales plummet when the weather turns. Both people are less interested in the product, but also there's not as many festivals. There's just not as much going on outside. So we wanted to create an opportunity for those folks to keep working. And also, one of the assets that we have as a company is our our fleet of old-ish pickup <laughs> trucks. They uh, look cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they look, do look cool. They look all right. Some of them <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, so we, um, we, we, we saw this concept in California um, and immediately thought, well, what could ever go wrong? Let's do that. And, um, but it's basically Christmas tree delivery. 
Uh, we're dressed up in elf outfits. You we, all have names, right? Well, I'm Chimney the Elf. Uh, right. My brother is Tinsel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so starting around November, we'll be answering the phone with those names. So don't get too confused if you're calling to try to order some pops and Taco the Elf answers or something. <laughs> but uh, And real quick, uh, how'd you guys actually decide the names there? Uh, you just get to choose. I mean, <laughs> nothing too serious. Taco the Elf, for example, likes tacos, which you wouldn't be surprised by, I bet. Um, and yeah, it's fun. I mean, people people are kind of trying to one-up each other on their names. Um, I'm trying to think. It's uh, it's it's coming up on it, so I'm sure we'll, we'll have some good names. But uh, So, yeah, we, we, we basically set up the tree if you want. We'll pick it up if you want. It's a full service. So if there's someone in your life that doesn't have the time to do it, that's great. If there's someone that physically can't do it, that's great. Or if you've got kids... Uh, it's a pretty fun thing That's for them awesome. to see some elves come in. It's been, I mean, our, our company purpose is to create unexpected moments of happiness. So we do that um, a lot, a of, lot different of different ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. And this really is just one of them. I mean, if you can, if you can pop on in and. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> nice. And then deliver a tree and these, these <laughs> four or five year olds face lights up. We leave some pops behind. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, just like anything, it can be work, but it's also, there are these times that are just stories that people will never forget. So sure. It's really no, cool. It's amazing. You mentioned a farm and P10. Why don't you cover those? Those are somewhat new. The farm was just getting going, I think, when we first met. Yeah. So the farm is to grow ingredients specifically for our pops um, and now any products we make. So we are making soft serve um, as well now. So into that and then we have a bar at Pont City Market, and we'll have another one opening in Nashville. So produce wow, for those awesome. concepts. Uh, but we grow a lot of blackberries, blueberries. We're growing pawpaw, which is the only fruit native to Georgia. Um, wow. We're growing uh, basil and mint and uh, ginger and lemongrass and just ingredients that grow well here for our pop muscadines. Uh, we're just getting started, so awesome. it, it's a fraction of our pops currently, but our goal is to get to 10% of our uh, produce coming from our own farm. Sounds like not that much, but it's quite a lot. Uh, to put that in perspective, we grew about a ton of blackberries this year, so 2,000 pounds, and that was about 3% of our blackberry wow. pops alone. So you need to grow wow. a lot of a lot of fruit. Jeez. Wow. No idea. <laughs> That's crazy. And then and then P10. So P10, yeah. So P10 was our response to um, big distribution, which is really good at um, getting products to market, uh, but it's not as good at helping holding hands of these smaller brands. So when we first started, um, we got signed up with a big distributor. And we would, we would kind of, we were super stoked about it. And uh, we would kind of consistently get disappointed by going down to maybe we were in rural Georgia and we'd walk into a, a store and the product would just look terrible. Right. Either it was, wasn't merchandised the right way or it wasn't was merchand- it product I would say, damaged or what was. It would say it was equal parts. Um, yeah. Getting it there. And then also just their job is to sell it to anyone that'll buy it. Right. right. But that wasn't a good customer for us. So they, they, they bought 400 pops from us, but probably 4,000 people saw it and said, well, I'm never buying I'm never buying that. Yeah. Wow. So we kind of scaled back. We said, hey, let's do this right. Let's do it ourselves. Um, we distributed a, a small fraction of what they could distribute to, but we um, we did it right. And then when we were doing that, we realized we had plenty of room on our truck. Right. 
And yep. also that uh, there was probably a lot of other brands like size, like looking for brands. distribution. Yeah. So wow. we're up to 43 brands. We're pretty selective. That best is awesome. Southern brands. And we're distributing to probably 500 active accounts. We've got about a thousand, a thousand doors that we distribute to, but I'd say half that are kind of ordering week to week. And are they, is it all refrigerated items or are some of those like uh, shelf stable? So we do frozen and shelf stable at this time. Frid, refrigerated is equipment. So we have the freezers, obviously. We don't have a ton of refrigerated space. So we do, um, do a decent amount of like drinks and like pickles and bars and things that can be shelf stable. And then we do a lot of frozen wow. stuff as well. Have you, have you found yet that you have a tipping point of almost having to evaluate and make decisions on what goes on the truck versus like, Hey, we got plenty of room. Yeah. We'll take anybody. Yeah. I'd say it's, it, it's certainly bandwidth is, is, is a big one. I'd say just as much as like space on trucks is um, yeah. Warehouse space, all of that. Uh, we want to have like a variety. So imagine kind of like your corner store. A lot of these that are popping up are a little bit more thoughtful and than just like a regular C store. We really want them to be able to buy like 80, 90% of what we're offering. Um, so we're thinking of it through that way. So we don't have like 20 granolas. We've got one granola. We've got one pickle. Uh, we do have actually several ice creams and frozen <laughs> treats because that's kind of the space that we're sure, good at. But yeah. Those are things that we don't feel like people talk about it as competition, but really um, we feel like it, it can elevate. If we can put all of these five great Southern desserts next to each other, sure, you kind of don't need to look elsewhere. You can just, wow. just come to us. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So real quick, I mean, you mentioned obviously King of Pops has grown over time and everything like that. And in this specific industry uh, regarding you know, popsicles and, <laughs> and whatnot, How'd you guys actually stand out? Because obviously there's a ton of competition out there, um, but you know, around, especially around Atlanta and yeah. where, you know, the communities I'm part of King of Pops is like yeah. everywhere. So yeah, we, well, you talked, we talked a little about this when Taj walked in, like how much of it is intentional <laughs> versus how much of it just happens. Right. Um, and I think a lot of it just happens and then you're paying attention to what works and what doesn't work. Um, but I think it also comes down to like, where is your heart? Is your heart to get, uh, as big as humanly possible and make as much money. Um, I don't really think that's generally most people's goal, even though sometimes it's perceived as that. I think we've just done a better job than a lot of people at actively participating with community um, instead of it seeming like um, separate, like desperate parts. We really try to make them seem like the same thing. So if our business feels like it's doing good, um, you'll hopefully like King of Pops more. And I, I think we're also like, there's a lot of people that just don't like popsicles. And like, <laughs> How can you not? We're not there's a flavor for everybody. I agree, but there's, maybe you don't like cold things or you can't have sugar. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, fair. And so that's fair. I try to meet, we try to meet them with like, hey, we get still want you tree. to come to our yoga event. Yeah. <laughs> and yoga then maybe event. one day, one day maybe you'll want to get a Christmas tree. <laughs> right. But I, I think I think if your uh if your goal or your purpose is just in like happy kind of I don't know accepting and, and inviting space people really are, are drawn to that and it's hard to do i mean i think part partially we've um intentionally limited some of our growth geographically and i think that helps with that um, but i think also it, it comes down to a bit of strategy which i mean we're constantly trying to figure right. out it's never there's no answers though there's no like right answers for the things right in this case it does seem like people are kind of um into that experience yeah. of like what king of pops even 
even the song you played earlier, yeah. right? So <laughs> the new that, jingle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it has that vibe of happiness and yeah. it kind of gets shared. Yeah. Uh, I know there are plenty of other other brands that do a pretty solid job For with sure, that, yeah. but um, that's interesting though. Yeah. Very cool. You talk about, last time we met, you talked about some of the challenges of having a refrigerated item, putting kitchens in certain spaces and then the, the regulations around that. And as you've grown into other states and you mentioned like Nashville and Charlotte, we've talked about. Yeah. So ha- have you had to expand some of like where you produce product yeah, and how so you get inter- it there. Interesting update. Um, oh, perfect timing. And, and yeah, I mean, if you just, if you hit, if you hit pause and you listen to the other one and then this That's one, right, remember? I've got no idea. I, I, I might be directly <laughs> contradicting what I said then, uh, right. but in the light of kind of like, um, shoot, thoughtful growth, I guess. Um, but food safety modernization act, like us producing instead of thousands, like hundred thousand pops. I mean, there were some changes that had to be made in how we produced. So we centralized our production to here. Um, got it. And, and so you brought it to Atlanta. Here, got it. Made, and we invested a lot in this facility. Yeah. Um, and, and we're sitting in a new building. Yeah. You just moved to, when did you like over the last year you moved yeah, about over here, year, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's been, it's been a awesome change, but I mean, it is, it is a big difference. Uh, what we do now in order to try to stick true to our roots, let's say we're uh, making a honey pop. We will source honey from each of our cities bring bring it back make them here and send them back um so we we have a truck that's doing a route we're our own logistics company so we have an opportunity to both drop off pops but also pick up different ingredients around around the south bring those back make make stuff with their produce still um but yeah ultimately it was uh once you get into the food business your food first priority has to be food safety and we just could not dedicate the resources of Hey, here's someone that has a chemistry degree X, Y, Z, and have that in ten different cities. Sure, no, that makes sense. And then, wh- where have you limited yourself on geographic? You know, in terms of your, yeah, your reach, and if you think about that loose. route, yeah, what does yeah. the South mean? So for us, we're as far north as Richmond, um, over to the west to Nashville, down through Alabama, and over to Savannah, and that feels good. Like uh, we've done a lot of growth in North Carolina this year. There's still plenty. The thing about like, you can say like we're limiting ourselves. There's also just like, there's so much potential that we have not even touched. Uh, We do really well in Atlanta, but we've got plenty of work to do even outside of 285 here. It's just, there's, there's, well, there's so many new neighborhoods popping up. Yeah. Yeah, There's so many new little town cities and whatnot just in this area. Yeah. So real quick on the limitation aspect, is that more, on the side of like, you guys just want to do an awesome job, continue to build, keep the brand, the, you know, the representation yeah. of the brand. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the second piece really is like, if you were to theoretically tap that out, would yeah. you be open to kind of progressing that um, yeah. ge- geographically? So we have a 2030 vision. So in our 2030 vision, we've committed to staying within the South. So that we've had that for five years. We've got 10 years left. We'll probably write it in about six or seven years, the, the next one. Uh, our goal is to be a local food influencer, and I think that changes once you're national or global. Sure. Um, and so we want to be able to have relationships with farmers. Uh, we know that I've been to our dairy, for example, a half dozen times. I don't know the cows by name, but I've seen them all <laughs> several times. Uh, like I said, we're growing some of our own fruit. We have a lot of partners in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia that um, are still excited to see our product and they act as marketing just as much as a good social media post or 
um, sure. a billboard or whatever. Yeah, the last time we got together, you know, I, I asked you what have been some of the biggest lessons learned in getting the business off the ground, and here we are, a year and a half or so later, much uh, different operation in a, a lot of great ways. Like, what have been some of the two or three things you've learned or had to focus on? Yeah. <laughs> as you're smiling, looking at me, um, you know, since I since we last were together, that come with growth. Yeah, I mean, I think what's top of mind for me, we're kind of in our planning for next year stage, um, is ideas are really easy good ideas are even pretty easy executing ideas is very hard <laughs> so having a good idea kind of doesn't matter that much and, right. and i think i think i've started to realize 10 years in that like if someone approaches us with an amazing opportunity it's not just that opportunity it's it's going to be at the cost of something else and it's hard to think of at what cost so that is. So true. Yeah. We deal with that in our day job. <laughs> yeah. All the time. All the yeah. time. Yeah. Trade off, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can take on a new big idea. It's not like you're going to go hire 20 more people and go yeah. do that big yeah, idea. You're just going right? to do something else, not at all or worse. Right. And that's the thing. Even if it's the best idea, right? If you don't execute on it, you just lost everything, right? Yeah. You know, even though on paper, it looks like it's the best. It's yeah. just that execution process that kind of messes everyone up. Yeah. So planning, I mean, that's what we're, that, that's what we're trying to be thoughtful about and and then also understand that the things we have in our mind right now you have to have some room for moving and, and adjusting on the fly or else sure. that, that's going to kind of come off that's been well. your story yeah. the guy knocks on the door with a christmas tree and it's like why don't we try that right i mean yeah. Yeah, yeah. you don't you're don't leaving the door it. open for the next yeah. guy at the door with the christmas tree right yeah, exactly i don't know <laughs> i don't know if we are <laughs> you don't know i don't know if we are i hope we are but i also like <laughs> I also like uh, wonder if we should. Maybe, maybe we should. <laughs> right. we've got our. I wouldn't say we're tapped out, but we've got like so much room for improvement on the things that we've already got. But I don't think we need to start anything new right away. At the other, the other side of the coin is that our community and our fan base loves. I don't know the hustle or whatever you call it, and, and they like following along with and seeing what we're trying. So. Don't want to lose that. And I think it's a big part of our culture. And then we're, we're trying to kind of work on this new muscle that is maybe a little bit more thoughtful and strategic instead of just $100. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shiny object. <laughs> yeah. What about on the actual product itself? Has it been pretty consistent or have you had to evolve packaging and flavors and whatnot? Where, where do you see that? Because it seems like you could really proliferate flavors into too many, right? Or yeah. become a, a yeah, so, very yeah, costly. That's, a good, that's true. We've uh, tried to kind of identify like our, our core four flavors that we want to always be available. Um so that's chocolate, sea salt, cookies and cream, raspberry, lime, strawberry, lemonade at this point. Like we feel like if we send that card out, people will be generally okay with it. And then we want to send out eight flavors though. So the other four will hopefully be kind of seasonal offerings. And we've got um, a pretty cool rhythm on Fridays. We have like a tasting where like it, love it, comment on it and, um, and go from there. In addition to the pops, like we're doing soft serve, boozy slushies, and poptails. So boozy slushies. All of those. Uh, What's in the boozy slushie? Th that's what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty similar. <laughs> it's pretty similar ingredients right. with one additional ingredient, which is booze. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's like a lot of those flavors, we will then get to say like, hey, this might not work for a pop, but it's a great soft serve, or this is a good cocktail idea. So it's fun to kind of, we've become really good at, combining fruits and understanding how those ratios work with herbs and different 
interesting combinations. And I think we've, we've built a name for that. So trying to kind of extend it a little bit beyond uh, just the pops, but without losing that, man, that's our core focus. So we got to, we got to make sure we're doing that best in class, which I think we are. And then after that, um, kind of try to leverage our brand in some other ways. Sure. I thought of one other thing I, after our, as I was preparing for today, it was, you know, as the leader, right. You know, it, it's one thing when it's a couple people and you've grown over time, like how has that played out for you from a people leadership perspective? What have you learned on the culture piece to getting the right people on board or getting the wrong people on board? You know, what's been your experience there? Shoosh. It's a big question. <laughs> I know. Um, with a less than two minute answer, I'll go with, uh, <laughs> I think, I think, I think what I've learned is just like, I don't know. I've got 10 things in my head right now. I'm really focused on communication. Um, I think the idea that you talked about growing when you've got 10 people that are crammed in a room, like we were at our old facility, it's a lot easier for people just to hear what you're talking about and understand the why behind it. Cause they've heard you tell 10 people on a phone call about it. And then you've talked to my brother's sitting right next to me. Everyone just kind of knows what's going on. Um, once you get to different cities and different places, you have to just be a lot more intentional. And I think we think a lot about tools as the solution to it. Uh, but really, all the tools are kind of the same. They're, they're doing what, what email or text or what any of these things do. It's really like, so true. what's your plan for how you want these tools to be used and how much training are you going to do on that? Um, and we're really bad at it. So we've got a lot of room to improve. So I'm really focused on that. Um, and then as far as culture, I think for us, it's about figuring out ways to put their own fingerprints on our brand. Um, so we do that, like, is your hobby running? Is your hobby uh, Dungeons and Dragons? Is your hobby race cars? I don't know, whatever it is, like, <laughs> let's figure out a way where we can incorporate it, whether it might just be like, Hey, this is what you do on the weekends. Let's bring a cart there to sell. Or it could be, let's host this event. Let's, let's figure out ways for that to, to be real and in a part of this. So that's been really fun. And I think those are the moments that I come home most excited about the work is when someone else has the opportunity for this to be more than a job and you can't like no matter how good your training is it's not going to happen in training it's not going to happen probably in the first three months but if you're a year in and someone's kind of quote unquote drinking drank the kool-aid or currently drinking the kool-aid like <laughs> the slushy they, the slushy yeah they'll do some they'll do some really cool stuff and it's so much better than anything i could come up with and i love that that's really, really so, cool. Right. And obviously, um, you know, starting a company and being a leader of the company is, you know, there's a lot of responsibility, uh, especially yeah. when you start growing and have a team. And I think that's a lot of people. A lot of people are scared of that once, yeah. you know, I've talked to a few people where they're, they're like, I would love to start something. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. However, they fear bringing people on because yeah. of that failure, right? Because yeah. it's not their livelihood. It's yeah. everyone else that joins. So even going back to like when you first started, Kind of going into that process like what was that moment where you thought like i think i think I, we have something yeah. and we're good to grow and, and i feel good about this like i know if i work at it yeah. everyone's gonna be good yeah so when we i started like i said it was myself um with a lot of help from my friends and family my brother and particularly nick uh who's 50 50 partner and we got in i was about three or four months in and said i can't do this anymore by myself if you want to be a part of this, 
let's do it. Otherwise, I'm going to have to hire someone else and 50 50 is probably off the table. Right. Uh, and so he was, he was a lawyer at the time and quit his job doing that. So he gave up a lot more than me. But long story short, my expectation wasn't to turn this into a brand. Um, and then when it was my brother, I didn't feel as responsible because he's family and makes his own choices. But I would say once you get past that point, um, it does feel a lot more serious and a little bit of kind of what we were discussing earlier of like new ideas and stuff like that's the scary part like i i have a quick start personality so i can start things without being very f- afraid of failure really quickly but it, if if it's putting at risk these 100 200 people that i care a lot about it isn't worth it so i don't think that should go away if if i understand not doing it because of it but if you don't feel responsible somewhat for that then i i mean it's just it's a it's a it's part of the, it's part of the deal yeah. No question. Well, um, Stephen, remind our audience where they can find you, how they can engage with the brand, how they can bring you guys in for catering, how they can find your locations. Sheesh. It's um, <laughs> a lot. I know. Yeah. So Instagram is probably, we're most active on <laughs> that right. for social media. So King of Pops, um, we have them in locally for each city too. So for example, if you're in Charleston, King of Pops, CHS, uh, we, kingofpops.com is where you would participate in business and or learn more about our company. So if you want to book a catering, if you want to have us out for a fundraiser where uh, we raise money for your cause, uh, if you want to just have us at an event that you think would be good, reach out to us there. Um, And you can also just find out what flavors and what stuff we're working on on both of those mediums. But that's kingofpops.com. So uh yeah i mean excited to hear hear uh this podcast in another two years to see what we came <laughs> up right. with but I know. it's gonna be hopefully cool before that. yeah hopefully I mean, before that <laughs> hey man thanks for coming back on the podcast and yeah. taj thanks for being on yeah absolutely thanks. thanks for having me the contender cast is sponsored by henderson shapiro peck you can download additional contender cast episodes directly via the apple itunes app store the google play store spotify and other preferred podcast platforms if you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.